This is a work of fiction. Names, characters, businesses, places, events, locales, and incidents are either the products of the imagination or used in a fictitious manner. Harris, what's going on? Uh, I'm on Indeed, and I'm taking these assessments for work. What kinds of questions? Right. What kinds of questions are they asking you in the survey? We're doing these multiple choice questions, you know, construction safety, a guy's standing on a pipe, what should you do? Uh, get him a ladder, um, tell him to stop. I would fail all of those <laughs> questions if they're asking me about fucking construction shit. I mean, do you pick like from a, I want to be asked about construction stuff? Because otherwise, I mean, how many people know about construction safety? I don't know anything about construction safety. <laughs> how I would fail, you right. know what I mean? Like they'd send I me think, to construction I think school. you would pass. I think um, it's a lot of it's intuitive. It just depends on the jobs you apply for. You think I would be safe on a construction site rocking my hard hat? <laughs> I, <laughs> I think you would do fine. How many questions do they ask you? Oh, man. I mean, it depends on the assessment. Anywhere from like 10-minute assessments to 25-minute assessments, you could be doing um, 20 questions. Oh, my gosh. So what did you learn about yourself from doing this? Well, I learned I'm uh, highly proficient in outside sales um, testing, and I'm completely unreliable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the same as most salesmen, and um, this is why I was reminded... <laughs> That's yeah, <laughs> you know, Facts. and that's this is why I was reminded of um, this is actually uh, I had a conversation with the meth head way back when I worked at all, and that's what he was telling me in my car as I was driving him to a motel. We got to back things up here because you just dropped a huge nugget on the viewers. So, how did you get to know the method? <laughs> so I was piercing it all and um, he was sleeping at the DJ shop next door to the right of us and, <laughs> and selling, selling um, out of a portable freezer, selling steaks that had fallen off the back of a truck. So he's selling raw meat out of the back of a truck, living in, yeah. a, in a DJ shop. Yeah. And I mean, if he's, is he just hawking this stuff out of a truck on the street? Yeah, he, he's hawking it out of his freezers, but this is some of the best meat you can get for real cheap. But how is it good if it fell off a truck? Like, what does that mean? This meat? Oh, that just means that that just means that uh, someone didn't get paid for it. Like he had stolen meat. Stolen meat. <laughs> So, how, the, how the fuck does i mean i guess this is a trade secret to ask how do you how does one even acquire stolen meat you know a guy at the meat packing facility he, he knows guys he used to work at these places before his addiction took hold oh so he's got an inside connect at the yeah he used to he used to manage salesmen that's how he knew all this stuff Wow. So, but he's grown from that into running his own business, the meat selling business, <laughs> the meat selling business. And he's basically, you know, they're at this factory farm where all these cows are in a bunch of cubes shitting and pissing all over each other. And their little udders are squished into a damn cage, oh. Uh, oh. torture cage. And he's there collecting the drippings out of into a bucket, swishing it up in a little vat. 
growing some meat chunks out of it. And he's selling it on this damn street. How much business does this guy get? How much business is this guy like getting in a, on a daily basis? How many? Um, like numbers okay, wise, well, how much do you think? How much do you think he's uh, making money wise per day with this business? Oh well, that just depended on how many on the on the load he would actually get because I think it was fairly inconsistent to when he would re up his meats. On a good day, what do you think is the most this guy made in a day? On a good day, um. Like three hundred bucks? No, maybe. How much? How much can you fucking yeah, make? A couple hundred, couple hundred dollars. I mean, that's not bad for a meth head. That'll probably get you good for a couple weeks, really. Right. I mean, one no, probably not. One twenty will probably get you like a gram, and that'll be good for maybe a day tops. That is true. I guess you can't really buy a bunch of meth all at once because you'll probably do it. <laughs> you, <laughs> you need to sort of spread it out uh, throughout the week. Got to uh, be smart about it. Um, yeah, so, 300 probably so, got him good for like two to three days tops. I mean, meth is expensive. Yeah, that's when you got to hit hit your boys back at the meat plant and get back to work. I think he was also, yeah, I think he was also selling meth when he didn't have meat. I mean, I guess that works. The real trick is you lace the meat up with some meth and you get those raw juices <laughs> of the meat, that it, all those amino acids from the meat, plus that meth will get Ooh. you... All those B vitamins from the fucking juicy steak, plus a little bit of oh yeah, a little bit of rock in there, dude. You're fucking woo. That's, you're going, dude. Um, okay, so yeah. how old was he at this time? Oh, he's in he's in his fifties. Uh, I would say fifty five or so. So this guy is fifty five years old. He's worked his whole damn life at meat packing facilities. Eventually, get gets uh, some money together. Oh, this, to start guy, his own. this guy was a manager of salesmen this guy managed sales teams wow what a varied and interesting life he's led i mean well these are meat salesmen oh you mean he wasn't at the plant like packing the burgers himself he wasn't at the plant he was at the the sales side of the oh so he worked at like tyson foods or some shit like that where it's like the guys that package it all up and sell it to the grocery store I right, see. sell it to the grocery store. Some of them sell door to door. They'd take trucks and go door to door and say, "Hey, look, we've got these great meats." And they would show the the product, show the quality, and say, "Hey, wow. look, can we put you on a on an order service? Would you like to order monthly?" Now, there's a business model that is definitely not thriving in uh, the current times: door to door meat salesman. That is <laughs> the wrong business to be in. I'm it's yeah, I'm, well I mean, on the I'm, list. Glad, I'm glad he moved to to meth. Um, you know, smart, <laughs> very forward thinking. So, okay. So this guy, he's a salesman. He starts his own business. He's selling meat. He's selling meth. He's living in a DJ shop, which I didn't even know that a brick and mortar DJ store was even, a, could even be a current business. I mean, I don't know how those guys make right. money. Right. And these guys, that was a front. And these guys are actually selling meth. Well, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. So, you know, you probably can't make that much money selling speakers on the street. But if you're selling to tweakers, you're making that shit fucking every day. Especially if <laughs> if if one of their best customers is selling meat out right outside your shop. I mean, that's a slam dunk. So speakers okay. to tweakers. So this guy, you're giving him a ride to a motel. How did this guy, walk me through how this guy ended up in your car. 
Well, I had taken so much of this guy's meat, just so many good <laughs> deals. I felt like I had to give something back. <laughs> so you're such a good customer that you eventually sort of struck up a, maybe not a friendship per se, but you were friendly with this, with, with Randall. Definitely. We were acquaintances for sure. And we were friendly and how often were you, uh, how often you buying meat out, out of this guy's truck? Like every day, every other day, once a week, Oh, once a week, mm. once every two weeks, depending on, on when he had. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So you were, he, I'm assuming he asked for a ride then he like hit you. He's like, yo man, can you give he me a ride? For a ride? Yeah. And I was closing up the shop. He said, Hey, can you give me a ride? Well, well, you know, way to be a good Samaritan <laughs> to, you know. Um, oh, yeah, man. And I gave him this ride and we had this conversation about sales. And, and the creepy thing was I was driving facing forward and he was facing sideways, <laughs> facing me, facing directly at my side of my face the whole time. Dude, that's so uncomfortable. Yeah, that's incredible. So uncomfortable. You ever had someone do that in a car? I have never experienced it but even imagining it is making me very uncomfortable it sounds scary yeah. that's like a horror movie that's like a it was like, <laughs> do you think you i mean it could have gone very bad do you think he was like pretty high <clears throat> and that's why he was doing that i think it was like he was trying to get in my head oh what why but i just thought hey man i'm gonna drop this guy off i've still got so many great deals from this weirdo i'm just gonna drop him off and call it a day so did he bring his freezer with him in the car? Uh, he left that at the DJ shop. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so uh, what, what were you guys, what were you talking about? What did you talk about with this guy? Well, we talked about sales. We talked about life. We talked about managing the sales teams that he'd been a part of. And that's when he was telling me, um, that's why I got this memory because that's when he was telling me that salesmen are extremely kind of finicky, unreliable, um, uh, fragile people. Wow. And he would know cause he's been, he's managed them. He's managed them. He's been one. I mean, in a way, yeah, he's talking about himself too. You know, that hadn't occurred till, till right now, you know, What's crazy is that you might have more in common with this meth head meat salesman than one could have ever imagined. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost scary. scarier than some guy staring you in the side of your face for an entire drive. How long was this car ride? How long were you in the car for? <laughs> um, oh, man, 45 minutes. Oh, my God. You were stuck in a car for 45 minutes with this guy? <laughs> yeah. And he's the whole time he's making unwavering eye contact with your ear. Just staring you yeah. down into your... That is insane, dude. All right. Yeah. So he, you realize, though, <laughs> in the long run, a couple years later, what you know, um, that he was right. What he was talking about. He doesn't just slang meat. He slangs gems and wisdom. Oh, too. yeah. Man, this is like five years later. Wow. What Do you know what he's up to now? I have no idea, man. Probably the same thing. <laughs> What happened at the end of the car ride? Oh man, I dropped this guy off and um and and he was not able to get into the motel. Why not? So he tried to ask me because the guy figured out behind the counter that he was just gonna smoke meth in the room. <laughs> so the guy so tries to ask me 
if I can use his ID and say that I'm 55. Oh my and God. I want a room there. That's awesome. Uh, so you you took him up on his offer. So you imagine, went in. imagine. No, I didn't. I didn't. I told him, <laughs> look, man, you're not. You're, I usually, I guess, you're not going to get a room, but I, I gave you the ride. And look, this is something that's really interesting to me. The guy behind the counter, that's his job to kind of figure out if meth heads are yeah. going to smoke in his hotel rooms. Damn, I wonder what questions you got to answer on Indeed to end up there. <laughs> <laughs> uh if a man approaches he looks like he is you know he looks like he's 19 years old he has an id that says he's 55 and there's a fucking tweaked out guy in his car so did you just leave him there oh yeah i just left him there yeah Word. i think oh. actually i think he was able to um to get a room actually Oh, so he just, you know, probably offered the guy a nice deal on some T-bones or some sausages. <laughs> uh, good for him, you know. The guy's a salesman. He's got to figure out, you know, what he can do. Um, wow. Shout out to... Had to probably re readjust his sales pitch to the guy behind the counter to invite you know, him in. Yeah, you got to, you know, work on, a new, work on different strategies. Get more comfortable uh, it, with, new customer, with a new customer base. Um, and you know, that guy could have been, become a regular, uh, this has had to be like a pretty shitty rundown motel too, right? Like this is, oh yeah, pretty ghetto. I was itching to get away from that place. Dude, he was itching too from hallucinating bugs all over his skin. So, so, so oh yeah. Talking to people's ear canals. Oh yeah, dude. That's funny. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, um, Dude, sales is hard, man. I don't know. I've never really been a salesman, never really been a fan of salesmen, never really enjoyed the idea of selling <laughs> myself, selling my shit. Always been more of the uh, creator type that just likes to let other people sell his shit for him. However, you get older and you kind of realize that uh, that's how no one will ever see or buy or consume any of the shit you make is if you leave yourself to be just this kind of weird artist guy who doesn't understand marketing, who doesn't understand how to sell yourself, how to sell your product. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I've had a lot of uh, uh, struggles in my life with the intersection of art and money um, because the artist in me uh, doesn't want to make money, but the uh, money maker in me is like, yo, you got to figure this shit out. So it's definitely uh, kind of tricky there. Um, I'm getting better at it, though. I've been uh, working on like uh, doing ads for uh, for social media, trying to figure out for a lot of my music, like trying to figure out how to make ads for my songs and get them popping, which is pretty interesting, like psychologically, once you, you know, cre you create these ads, you spend a little bit of money on them and then you get all this data back. And I've kind of been figuring out, kind of cracking the codes of like how that works and how to make that sort of, happen um and it's pretty cool man because you i i you know I, I figured it out and it sounds really obvious and i told my girlfriend who's in marketing this and she just looked at me like duh like it wasn't even new information at all and i thought <laughs> it was pretty cool so you basically do you do an ad and you get all this data back you take the data you get all these groups that really liked your shit and then you go double down on them so it's like you know i, I ran this ad and i get all this data back that's like people that work at the mall or people like people that work at the mall, people, people that shop at the mall, people that 
like memes, people that are high schoolers, they all like your song. And it, you can see the gender breakdown and all this stuff too, which is also interesting to see what gender likes what song. And it's not always what you'd expect to. It's actually the, sometimes the opposite. It's kind of cool. But once you get that data back, then you take it and then you specifically hammer down on targeting those groups. And just figuring this out for myself has been pretty interesting. Like realizing that's probably how people have been marketing to me for like years and years and years. And, you know, that's, <laughs> how they, how they that's what they do, man, is like, they break us all down into these categories and you're just a category. And if you click and you're linked up with that category, those people know this category likes this. I'm going to double down, um, which is pretty, I don't know. It's pretty interesting, interesting man. Yeah. yeah. I never, uh, I don't know. I never really liked any of that shit or I thought it was very cool. But when you kind of like dig into it, it's, it's kind of a new, uh, there's an art to it in a way for sure. There's an art to sales. Um, Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I've always been a big fan of sales, like, and just doing sales excites me, man. There's definitely an art to recognizing people's concerns, people's needs, getting people to identify their own needs and express them to you. Mm -hmm. um, just navigating your way through a sale is so exciting for me. I sometimes get a rush down my arms. It's like really? just thrilling. Really? Oh yeah, it's just thrilling. Just it's I get like little hits of adrenaline from it. It's um, it's like uh, the thrill of the chase, the thrill of the sale. You know? Oh, I could see how that could be sort of addicting if you're doing that mm -hmm. um, and you're kind of chasing it. So, what kind of mm -hmm. sales are we talking about here? I know you used to uh, like. Is this when you used to pierce or? You know, what kind of... Yeah, when I was piercing um, in high school, I actually uh, messed around with iPhones and computers, but straight out of high school, I was a piercer. I sold jewelry. Um, yeah, man. I mean, and I'm just looking to move forward from there, you know? I'm, I'm, I, I think actually when I was piercing, even when I was a kid, I would sell my old electronics to buy new ones. But um, back to the piercing, you know... I had fun selling, but there was almost just a lack of of the thrill there for me because people came in and they knew what they wanted. It was more of a oh, service job. You never, you didn't. But I would have still to find sell. you didn't really have to. I didn't have to sell anything, and there was something missing. But when I would sell an old iPhone on Craigslist, when I would make a, a an attractive post and have someone come to where I lived and negotiate with them and make a sale or sell yeah. a craftsman food chest, I would get that hit of adrenaline. I would get that rush. That so, I was missing from my day job. What is the first sale you ever made? Do you remember? First, first thing you ever sold? One of the first. I think it was either like a PlayStation 2 or I must have been like 13 years old. It was a PlayStation. I remember selling my PlayStation Portable and uh, selling a PlayStation 2 and buying a laptop. So did you do that on Craigslist? or? Yeah, I sold those on Craigslist. And I had my parents buy, so I would have like, um, so I would have like, my dad was there at the house. So then um, I would say, okay, I'm going to sell this PlayStation Portable. And um, so, you know, for any kids listening, that's how you do it, you know. And you just, you make a post, you make sure your parents know that if this is something you're passionate about, you just cue them in. So my dad was home and then I was showing him who I was talking to, but I was talking to everyone on my own. I was doing it all on my own. Wow. And I had someone, someone come to our home and, 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 uh, and meet with me while my dad was there. And, um, he let me do the talking and, and he kind of stood by and, wow. you know, I, I think I made around 130 bucks. Damn dude. Birth of a monster. So 
Did you, do you remember feeling that rush that you're describing during this time? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, and, and, and a lot of it was the anticipation of the sale when I knew people were coming and I knew people wanted the product. Oh. And it, yeah. Yeah. Word. If I researched something and I, and I, and I felt like the market was good, then, then the excitement starts and I put an attractive post on and people start to contact me. The excitement builds. So what do you think is the key? Give me like your, your four dummies keys to success for sales. What is the number one thing that you want to do if you want to sell some shit? I'm sorry. I think I actually have a call from a potential employer. You mind if I take this, if we pause this? Uh, yeah, for sure, dude. Go ahead. So what would you say uh, is the most important thing about selling? Like, give me a four dummies, the Harris guide to selling. What do you, what does someone need to know if they want to make a sale? Well, it, it really depends. I mean, what are, what is the context what is, of this? Uh, most, of this okay. Let's say I run a pizza I'm shop. Sales. I'm a brand new yeah. pizza place. I just started on the block. I'm brand new. I'm not Papa John's. I have no customers. I, I need to convince people to come in and eat at my pizza place or I'm going to go out of business. How do I get my store popping? Well, you need to start advertising. Where you need to where need advertise. To to Google, <clears throat> excuse me. You need to go to Google Maps. You mm -hmm. need to list yourself on Google Maps as a pizza restaurant and list anything else you do. List everything you have on. Get yourself five-star reviews on Yelp. Ask your customers. Give them specials and ask them to leave five-star reviews on Yelp. Mm. Um, offer specials, offer the special, show the special on Yelp, produce flyers, pr you know, show the picture of the flyer on Yelp, tell them to come in and, um, and for the special. And then when you give them the special, tell them to leave five-star reviews. And then through Yelp and Google, you can actually start paying to, uh, you know, $500 packages, etc., whatever, uh, to pr promote this special even further so that you have a revolving chain of people coming in and leaving good reviews. Now, let me ask you, what if your food is terrible? Do you think you could still be successful if you have amazing marketing and bad <laughs> no, food? No, no, no. Abso Wait, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Here's you need a to believe in your product. And, and if your pizza is bad, you need to get out of selling pizza. <laughs> but, okay, here's a, here's a thought experiment. Who do you think would be more likely to stay in business longer? A great pizza place with terrible marketing or a terrible pizza place with great marketing? Who do you think is going to last longer? Uh, how big is this pizza chain? Are we talking like Domino's? Uh, just a one store versus another store. Single stores, no chains. You got mm. a great, great um, marketer, bad pizza, and you got good pizza, bad marketing. Does the great marketer have cash for his marketing? Yeah. He's got all the cash. Oh. He has all the cash in the world. So he's got the best of the best. He's not just talented, but he also has funding. Yep. Yep. Oh no. Yep. I mean, the sad, the sad reality, I don't really know, but it's possible that the guy who's making terrible pizza with great marketing and funding for his marketing, it's very possible that he stays open longer and is, and, and finds some success, you know, in opposition to the, the other, 
pizza man who's making a quality product that he believes in. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like a question of whether how long does it take for word of mouth to get around about the good pizza to overtake right. the, the power of blasting you with pizza ads. That's that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Wow. In my professional opinion. Well, I agree. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, it sounds <laughs> like uh, you know, you've got an exciting day ahead. You got some job potential job opportunities or interviews or whatever. So good luck selling yourself the ultimate product. Oh, thank you. Before we go, do you want to talk at all about animating? Yeah. So I have been trying to learn 3D animation this week because I'm kind of reaching a level uh, visually with my graphics capabilities where I've hit a ceiling with what I can do. And I need to, uh, if I want to level up to the next level, I need to learn 3D animation. And it's one of the first times in my life, not the first times. But oh my God, I'm so sorry about this, bro. Let me check this, Dude. this call Har- really quick. Harris's phone is booming. That was one that, that was one that just did give me a little rush. That was for outside sales uh, position. So what do you sell in, it, in the outside sales position? Um, you know, I clicked on, on, on so many recently, I don't even remember, but I think maybe like, well, um, some kind of mobile phone conference calling thing or something. There you go. Boom. <laughs> maybe hopefully, hopefully windows or something. That's something I'm a little more passionate about. And that's always important in sales to chase selling something you're passionate about. Excuse me. So why do you have to follow, follow the way and, uh, you know, he's passionate about meat, passionate about math, sells both. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Uh, I got an appoint I got an appointment for tomorrow. And this is crazy too, because I don't have my bachelor's degree yet, but this is actually a pretty good job. There you go, dude. Get ready. Get ready to sell like the damn wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Out but except outside. Uh you know, was an outside salesman, literally. <laughs> was outdoors yeah. he's an outside salesman he's an outside cat bro yep. who sells yep. that's what an outdoor salesman is that's what they ask you on indeed are you comfortable being outside do you have allergies <laughs> do, you, do, you get hot? do you get hot easily do you sunburn all right this has been episode number one of the purge bucket thank you for listening when we reach you again next week maybe harris will have a job Amen. As a zookeeper or some kind of pipe salesman. We'll see. But or construction, <laughs> construction site man. But uh, alright guys, uh, take it easy. 